Open your Bibles to Titus chapter 3. And uh, Titus chapter 3, we're going to be looking at uh, Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And, and here's what I want you to think about this morning. You remember about three weeks ago, we talked about, the, we had the sermon titled, Does, Does the Devil Know My Name? You know, and, and he, he should know our name because we should be advancing the kingdom of God and we should be a threat to him. Everybody say amen. But for a lot of us, he doesn't know our name because we don't do anything for the kingdom of heaven and therefore he doesn't care about us because, or about our name. But that was the point of that. But here this morning, and uh, I, I want to ask you another question. What does God think of me? Everybody, what, what does God think of me? And, and, and let, let me ask you this. Do you ever wonder what people think about you? Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about what people think about you? Now, this video was kind of funny because uh, I bet you that congregation had no idea what their preacher thought about them, right? But, uh, and I don't feel that same way about you. Just want you to know, okay? But, uh, but have you ever wondered what people think about you? And let me ask you a question. Does it matter what people think about you? Now, I think that's a two-sided answer, Carol Ann. And, um, and, and uh, <laughs> I think there's two answers to that. I'm just messing with you. I haven't had you under, under, under my belt here in a few, not just that, but, but you know, but I'll go on from there. I'm telling you, I'm tired. I don't know what it's going to be like. I'm not sure what I'm going to say today. I, you know, last night, Tommy and I watched all five grandkids all by ourselves for like 16 hours. And it was, and it was, <laughs> we're, we're groggy, huh? Yeah. But, uh, um, so does it matter what people think about me? Does it matter what people think about you? Now, when it comes to being a Christian, and, and, and as we're going to go through Titus here in a minute, Titus, you see, uh, Titus chapter 2 um, is, is about how we should act as the church, and then, and then Titus, Titus chapter 3 is, is, is kind of like how society should see us. And so as a Christian, you know, there's a certain way that we're to be and to act and to do, and so it does matter what people spiritually see us do. It does matter what people think about us. You know, I know people that say, it doesn't matter what people think about me. It does matter what people think about you. But now there's that other side, you know, that as long as we're being what Jesus wants us to be, then it really doesn't matter what they think as long as we're being what Jesus wants us to be. Everybody got that? Now, now, has anybody, have, has, has, you know, like this video, have, have you ever asked someone to say, hey, would you be honest with me, JJ, and, and tell me what you want to think about me? Have you all ever done that? Ask somebody what, what they honestly thought about you? Anybody ever done that before? Tommy, you ever done that before? You never went to anybody and said, hey, what do you think about me in a whole in general? Why wouldn't you do that? I'm afraid of what they'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I, I know I've had people tell me what they thought about me, and I didn't have to ask them, and it always wasn't a good thing, you know. But, but here's the point, and I want us to see this morning, is that um, what does... <laughs> What does God think about us? And I just want to be an encouragement to you. Maybe you're here this morning and you're born again. I want to encourage you this morning to what God thinks about you, how God looks at you and, and what he thinks about you. And, and then for those that maybe has never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I, I want you to understand that if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, this is how God thinks of you. Does, now, does it matter how God thinks about us? Absolutely, because it's the difference between hell and heaven, you see. It's the difference between two different eternities. And so what does God think about his children? What does God think about us? Now, Paul is writing to Titus, and Titus is a young pastor, and he's on the island of Crete. 
and again, I already said it, but in chapter 2, he wrote about how believers should behave, you know, in the local church. And then in chapter 3, he talks about how believers should behave in our societies. And so Paul calls on Titus to, to put these things in mind. Look with me at Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Now, this morning, all we have for you is just, this, is just, is just the text out of Titus chapter 3, but I do have some points, and I do encourage you to write these down, okay? But Titus chapter 3, so here's Paul, and he's telling young um, Titus here, he's saying to put this in mind. He says, put them in mind, and he says this, to be subject to the principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. All right, so if the speed limit says go 75, you don't go 85, right? If you got the president of the United States, you may not agree with a lot of his politics, but you know what? You're to submit yourself. That's what Christians do. Do you see what we're saying here? This is how Christians act. Now look at verse 2. To speak evil of no man. No Christian, no born-again believer of God should ever speak evil of any person, whether they're saved or unsaved. Do you get me? And you know, I hear people in this congregation that do this. And shame, shame, because Jesus knows your name. And we shouldn't speak evil, evil towards nobody. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, <laughs> no brawlers, no arguing. You know, you don't get, you know, like, it, you know, we've had that stay vacation, you know. We didn't have any brawling this time. We didn't have to call 911. It was nice. It was nice. Just kidding. But instead, Christians, you're to be gentle and showing all meekness unto all men. All men. Look at verse 3. For we ourselves also, and here's what it is. Okay, everybody listen to me. This is how God thinks about you. And it, Boy, I was reading that this morning early, and I thought, I was thinking, man, it's awesome that the God of this universe, the invisible God, God is a spirit, and he's so big that he can be anywhere at all time. And he created the world with just his voice. And, 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 and he came from, 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 from heaven to earth, and he died for my... And I think about that, and I think about how perfect he is and how, how imperfect I am. But this is how God thinks of Ron Fox, and this is how God thinks of you. And I hope this is an encouragement to you. Verse 3, he says, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. He's saying before we were Christians, he's saying you were fools. Now, I don't know about you, but I can be a fool sometimes even after salvation. How about y'all? But we'll talk about that here. And then we were disobedient. Um, we were deceived, serving divers' lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Boy, it's a shame when Christians act just the way that they, they used to act when they were fools. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, towards man appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us. Look at it. A little bit. No, abundantly, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That being justified by his grace, not our grace, not our good works, we should be made heirs. <laughs> this is a citizenship. This is our citizenship according to the hope of eternal life. And here's the last verse. 
This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly. You see, we're to affirm this constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful, underline that word, be careful to maintain what? These things are good and profitable unto the church. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Calvary. We thank you for all those beautiful songs that we got to sing to you this morning. And, and Lord, those were for you. They're not for us to make us feel good, but they're, to make, they're, they're going to make us feel good because we're singing them to you. And Lord, all those truths that we sing about, it's true that, 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 that you love us and that your grace is amazing, and Lord, and that you will return again, and Lord, that Calvary did it all for all or every single one of us, and so Lord, I just pray this morning that we'll be encouraged about about what you think about us, and no matter what anybody as here has ever done, no matter the foolishness that we've displayed, no matter no matter how we've been deceived by Satan or by this society or this world, no matter what we've done, that God, there's a special way that you think about us. And Lord, we praise you for that this morning. I just pray that we're all encouraged. And in the name of in the name of Jesus, I pray if there's one here that's never received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, yeah, they know his name, they've heard his name, but there's not a personal relationship. They've never picked up their cross. They've never confessed with their mouth and believed in their heart. Lord, I pray this morning that just through this description of how you feel about your children, that Lord, that someone here this morning will humble themselves and call upon you. I pray for the Holy Spirit to do a great, fantastic work this morning in our midst. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to look at you just, just at, a, at, a, at, at some truths from this text. What does God think of me? Number one, point number one, and we see this from verses three through six. Number one is that God thinks you are precious. Everybody write that down in your margin of your Bible. Verses three through six. What does God think about you? He thinks that you're precious. You know, I've got my beautiful grandchildren, and I think they're awful precious. And, you know, God just looks at me and thinks the same same way about, about me. He thinks that we're precious. You know, Satan says that God doesn't care about, about you at all. But God says something completely different. And these verses teach us that God loves us more than we can possibly ever understand. Now, what's the extent of his love? It says in verse 3, this verse paints a very vivid picture of what the believer was before that he or she ever met Christ. Look at it with me real quick. Look at verse 3. Um, in other words, first of all, he says foolish. Now, this is ignorant of, any, of everything to do with God. Is that some of us this morning? And then he says that you were disobedient, you were deceived. In other words, continually led deeper and deeper into sin by Satan himself. Maybe the next one there where it says that you serve in divers' lust and pleasures, that means that there was a slave, you were a slave to your fleshly appetites and passions. Maybe it's living in malice. Maybe it's given over to a lifestyle of evilness. Maybe it's envy that you're never satisfied with what you have and you're always grasping for more. Look at the next one, hateful. And this is the natural fruit of all the above. This is kind of, kind of life makes us you know, um, mean and mean-spirited and hard to get along with. And then notice it says hating one another. And that was just talking about walking without love for the fellow man. You know, this is what we were. And maybe this is perhaps 
what some of you are this morning. Hey, now, first of all, God thinks you're precious. And, and this list that we just described is all of us. Isn't that, isn't that great? But he still thinks that we're precious. I mean, you know, here we are, we're born again, and we were all of those things. And maybe if you're here this morning and you're some of those things, and you don't think how a God, a true God, could love anybody like you, well, that's why he came to this earth, because, because he knew that we couldn't do it on our own. He knew you couldn't do it on your own. He knew in your best that your best was as, was as filthy rags, as Scripture says. And so, so God takes a time out here, and he says, you're precious to him. He says his children are precious no, no matter what they've done, no matter the foolish things, no matter the hateful things, no matter the gossiping, no matter the evil, no matter how far you let Satan or this world take you down a path of ungodliness, God thinks that you are precious. Can we just give a God a hand this morning? He still thinks you are precious. Now, 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 how, how is that possible? Well, the scripture says that we are justified God justifies us. Now, what does justify mean? Well, justify, some people think it just means to forgive. Now, forgiveness is wonderful and great, but you know, unfortunately, when there's forgiveness, there's, you, you, you still remember. Right, everybody? So let's say, for example, if, there is, if, if, if someone murdered somebody and, and he went to court or she went to court and, and they were found guilty, and, and all the evidence was there, and they were found guilty, and that person murdered another person. But you know, what we often see is that the family forgives that person. Do we or do we not? But you know what? Whenever, whenever, just because that family forgave that person, when you think of that person, you think of them, you think of them as what? A murderer. But here's the thing, that our God... That our God, we're not just forgiven of our sins, but the scripture says right here that we are justified. And that means that God takes even the, the, even the memory of it. He takes the, the whole act of it and he takes it, he takes it and throws it as far as the east is from the west. And so when God looks at us and he, and he can say that we are precious because those things exist no more. Not just is there, not just is there forgiveness, but we are justified. It has been stricken from who we are. That's what God does for us. Everybody say amen. That's why God can say that, that we are precious to him, that he looks at us and he doesn't see. He doesn't see the hatred. He doesn't see those things, but he sees us as being precious because, because he justifies us from our sins. Now, here, now, here's what some people might think, too. Well, if, 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 if God, you know, if, you know if, if I can sin... And then God looks at me and he doesn't see it anymore that he's justified me. Then I'll just keep sinning. But that's not what we're supposed to do. Why? Because we love him and because he loves us. And just like a son or a daughter does for God, we want to make him proud of us. Everybody say amen. And because also that while there's forgiveness and while there's justification of our sins. Everybody listen. I know this is talking a little bit of theology. But you got to know why you believe what you believe. Right? Because, because, because even if we are saved and justified by God's grace and not of our works, there's still penalty when we sin as Christians. Number one, the Bible tells us that um, that we'll grow, that you're going to that you're going to reap what you that you're going to reap what you sow. 
right? Isn't that what it says in Galatians? And number two, we find out in the book of Romans that God chastises those who sin, even his children. We don't lose our salvation, you know, but, but we can be under his chastisement. And you are going to suffer consequences, thus you're going to reap what you sow. So, but when God looks at us, we just want to make that point that he, when he looks at us, God looks at us, at us and, 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 and he looks at us and says that we are precious, precious. And, of course, that's the evidence of his love. Now, number two, number two, God thinks that you are perfect. And, again, we come to verse 7 and we talk about this justification. We are justified by his grace not of what we could do, but what all that he did for us, we are justified by that. And number three, number three is that God thinks you are privileged. Write that down. Verse, verse 7, look at it with me, verse 7. God thinks that you are privileged. He says that being justified by his grace, and here it is, that we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. You know, I like to say it like this is that when, when we're covered by the grace of God, our citizenship is at no more here of this earth, but our citizenship is in heaven. Everybody say amen. And, and that's what it is. And so, and so when God looks at us, you know, he says that we're privileged. Now, I, I got a couple of things f- for you here. Now, I know that Satan comes by and he tells the believer that serving God is a waste of time. You know, let me, let me back up a minute. If you ask Satan what he thought of you, He'd probably say that you're a fool, right? And he would say, this whole thing is a waste of time. Why? Because he wants to take as many people with him that he can. And so Satan has been out and about for all these thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and he's had influence in this world system. And so there's that influence there of, of this world system by Satan. Sometimes that, that influence pushes against you, and it tells you that it's a waste of time. But you know what God says? He says, no, it's not a waste of time. He says, you're a privileged person. He says, you're precious to me. He says, you're perfect to me. And, you know, I also believe that sometimes we can look in the mirror and ask ourselves, and we ask ourselves, well, self, what do you think of yourself? You know what we say sometimes? We're just a fake. Hmm? We're just fake. But, you know, wonderfully and perfectly as it is, it doesn't even matter what we we think of ourselves. God thinks of us as precious. He thinks of us as perfect. He thinks of us as privileged. Because, you know, even Jeremiah says that you can't even trust your own heart. Isn't that what it says? Now, God sees things differently than we do. And he tells us in verse 7 that we are privileged people. Look at it. Privileged because of our earthly hope. Now, look, I realize that as Christians that we are living for what is coming for this, for this life. Everybody, right? We're living for what's coming. And that, that is when we expect to receive our wonderful inheritance. And we get that. But look, friends, we have to understand that the one who promised us an inheritance has already died and he's already risen from the dead. And I'm looking forward to heaven, but I want you to know that as a Christian that I'm partaking of the inheritance of the Lord today. And it tells us that in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 17. Listen to me. Heaven's going to be wonderful, but you know what? I've got it pretty good today. The Lord is always with me. Isn't that what it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, and Matthew chapter 28, verse 20? 
And it says, and also that the Lord has promised to meet all my needs. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, hey, I got it pretty good. And the Bible says he cares all that I face in life. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, hey, we've got it pretty good. He listens to me when I pray. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Look, you can take it away. You you can take it any way you please. But if you are saved, you are a privileged person right now. Everybody give the Lord a hand. Look, if you're saved right now, you are a privileged person. Look, I I know heaven's coming. I know that's the inheritance that we're going to receive. And we know from God's word that we're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to be leading right next with Christ when he comes back. You know, we know that one day that there's going to be a trump from heaven and we know that Jesus is going to come in the sky, in the sky and he's going to call those home and that's called the great rapture. Then there's seven years of, of, of peace and then tribulation that last three and a half years and then we know there's going to be that separation of the sheep and goats and, and we know there's going to be that millennial period and we know that at the end of that there's going to be the great white throne judgment and we know after that is going to be you know it's going to be the new Jerusalem and we're all going to reign. I want you to know that yeah all those things are great that's coming but we've got it pretty good right now and it's you know why it's because when god looks at us we're privileged people now society will tell us that we're a bunch of fools you're a waste of time but god says and he's the only one that matters he says you're privileged and you are privileged you wake up in the morning and god is with you because the holy spirit lives within you you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Old Testament, God dwelt with, with Israel through the tabernacle by smoke by day and fire by night. But that changed when Jesus came. The Bible says that, that he says that when he gave up that ghost, that veil was torn in the Holy Spirit. God never dwelt in that tabernacle. And actually three years or five years later, seven years later, that whole temple was destroyed. Why, was, why did God let his temple be destroyed? Because he didn't need it anymore. Because we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. He's with us all the time. We're privileged people. Don't forget it. Be encouraged when you go out there into this world, when you go to school. You know, don't be like verse, verse, verse 3. Amen, everybody? Because those things are over with and done. We're privileged people. We're precious. We're perfect. God loves us. Be encouraged. When things aren't going your way, just remember you're privileged. It doesn't mean that bad things won't happen to you. It just means that when bad things happen to you like they're going to happen to you, you just remember you're privileged because God's with you all the time. You're privileged because when you pray, God hears you. You're privileged because when you can't even pray, the Holy Spirit in you is, 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 is speaking to God on your behalf. And Jesus, the Bible says, is that he sits at the, at the, at the, at the, the right hand of God. You know why he's sitting? Because it's finished. It's finished. When the, when the priest would speak, they, they, when they would finished, they sit down. But they stood the whole time. Priests always stood. They always stood. They always stood. But Jesus is sitting because it's finished. But then the Bible says something very interesting, that when he's making intercessory for us, he's standing up because he's working on your behalf. I think that's just amazing. All right, that's number three. Look at, look at number four. Look at number four, how he thinks of you. God thinks that you're profitable. Verses one and two and also in verse eight. We're not going to take the time and read those. You can look at those. But you know, again, Satan or the flesh often say, you know, God can't use you. I hear it all the time. I once had a, a lady in her 30s. She came up to me and she just loved the Lord and 
her, her spirit, one of her spiritual gifts was service. But she said, Pastor, you, I, I, God can't use me. And I said, why can't God use you? And she says, I'm guilty of murder. I said, what do you mean? She said, I had an abortion when I was 16 years old. I said, that's not how God looks at you. God loves you. God says you're, you're perfect, and God says you're profitable. Because we do do things that aren't great, but God can still use us. Uh, hey, he used a murderer. His name was Moses. Let me have a let me have an amen up in here now. Huh? He, he used a blasphemer, a blasphemous person, and his name was who? The Apostle Paul. He used a big mouth, loud mouth named Peter. Folks, he can use all of us. You see, often we look in the mirror and we say, what, what, what do I think of myself? And it's going to be negative. And, we can, and, we can, and someone else can tell us what they think of us, and it's usually negative. And, and, and we can ask Satan what Satan thinks of us, and it's going to be negative. But God says that you're perfect. God says that you can be prosperous. And God's the one that we've got to listen to. It's because his grace that he justified us. You've got to believe him and nobody else. You know, I believe that, that the greatest ideas have never been invented. I believe the greatest pr- probably preachers have never preached. I believe the greatest nursery workers have never, have never stepped foot in a nursery because we've been listening to what other people think about us and not what God thinks about us and what God wants for us through the transformation of the Word of God. We need to believe God and, and, and trust that we're, that we're perfect yeah, we're going to make mistakes, but that we're justified and, and, and that, and that, and that we're, we, we have purpose in our lives. We've got to believe God and not man in ourselves anymore. Everybody say amen. See, people say, you're borrowing a million dollars to build a building. We can never pay that back, Brother Fox. What? We serve a, a great God, and he's not surprised about anything. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And, and he has plans for Cornerstone Baptist Church to reach this community of Decatur and to be involved in worldwide missions and to send people out. Hey, listen to me. We've already got five people surrendered to full-time ministry and three of them are already in the Bible college fixing to go out. You tell me that God's not doing something here? And you say that just a few little bit of money is, it can't be done? We've got purpose, and God wants to use us, but we've got to believe it. You've got to stop listening to your negative self. You've got to stop listening to Satan being negative, and you've got to start knowing what God says that he can do with the person who has surrendered to do his will because his opinion is the only one that matters. But if you go on and keep believing yourself and society and that negative negative stuff, well, you know what? You're just not going to amount to anything for the purpose of the glory of the kingdom of God. But God says this is how he thinks of us. He thinks of us as people that are precious, that are perfect, that are privileged. And number four, that's profitable. That's profitable. He can use your witness. He can use your works. All you have to do is let him. Where does this find you at this morning? Are you a believer in Jesus Christ? Did, did, you, did you know that God sees you like this? And maybe if, if you're not a believer, this is, this is where you need to be. This is how God sees his people. You come this morning and give your life to him. And Christian, 
If you're more like verse 3, then you're listening to the wrong person. You need to listen to God, what God thinks about you. And then as verse 8 says, you have to live up to it, live it out. When you make mistakes, he forgives you, but you keep pushing forward. Like Paul says, for that mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? All right. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you, God, for saving us. Lord, we just thank this morning of just your perfect grace and the justification that we have through the redemptive work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, Lord, that we're precious to you. We're perfect to you. We're privileged to you. And, Lord, that we're profitable to you. Lord, help us and encourage us. And I pray if there's one here that's not saved, that you'll call them. If someone needs a church home to place their ministry, Lord, we pray that you'll call them this morning. We pray that if there's some here that believes that believes what society says, who believes what their, what their old selves says, if they believe what Satan says, God, I pray that you'll just unction in their hearts and their brains to, that they'll just see what you think about us. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me, please.